Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to Invesco's latest Ben Squared podcast, where we attempted to share insights on the major market issues in just 10 minutes. Uh, our resident expert guest is, of course, Ben Jones, Director of Macro Research, and your resident host is myself, Ben Gutteridge, Head of Conversations. So, look, we're recording this, Ben, just a few days before it goes live due to a, a diary clash, but it, it's actually sort of scheduled for release on Valentine's Day, and remarkably, we've decided to discuss earnings season, which is, you know, just the perfect aperitif before a romantic evening. I know Mrs. Gutteridge uh, can't wait uh, for this one. Uh, how are you feeling about it, Ben? Uh, yeah, likewise. Look, Mrs. Jones is is very um, <laughs> excited about um, earnings season and the the topic of conversation uh, that we're having. But uh, it's nice of you to say diary clash, uh, Ben. I think you're obviously covering up the fact that um, I'm disappearing for a week on on holiday over over Valentine's Day and indeed half term. But uh, actually heading back to the place where I got engaged some oh crikey uh, twelve years uh, no crikey sixteen years ago now. Oh, dude, don't get on caught on the spot with that one, Ben. That's going to take the romance <laughs> right out from under. <laughs> okay, well, well done yeah. for putting a, a bit of romantic spin on it, Ben. But look, um, before we hear your sort of your tender and thoughtful take on recent earnings, uh, as well as uh, management mm. guidance, I do want to remind the audience this podcast uh, is intended for UK professional investors only, should not be considered as investment advice, and that any capital invested is always capital at risk. Finally, do hang on after the conversation's finished to hear some additional important disclaimers. Uh, right, Ben. Please do correct me if I'm wrong, but my take on sort of um, the economic backdrop is that uh, generally where we were relative to where we were a few months ago, I'd say that the assessment of how Q4, the final quarter's growth outcome is materialising is sort of better than expected. So, you know, ups and downs, but generally, I say over the past few months, the growth uh, assessment of the final quarter has improved. So you sort of nat- your natural inclination is to think that we're going to see earnings uh, uh, upgrades uh, as as a result and perhaps you know an impressive mm-hmm. earnings performance for the final quarter you know how how far off is that assessment versus you know what we're seeing what we've seen yeah look ben i mean i agree with you in terms of the the macro backdrop we've seen some some good strong data we obviously had our emergency podcast talking about the the jobs numbers um, a little over a week ago now um, but when it comes to the earnings season, um, there, had, there certainly are some positives and there's certainly some, some growth coming through in some quarters. Um, but um, as with anything in markets, it is quite um, nuanced. Um, there are certainly some companies out there that are doing better than expected. Um, and in fact, in the US, certainly more companies than not are doing uh, or reporting better than expected earnings. That's kind of always the, the case. But even sort of this um, quarter, you are at the, the top end of that range. Um, it's a little Little bit less so in um, in Europe actually, where you're seeing much more uh, mixed uh, results, and we can dig into into that. So I think a nuanced picture, and it's why it deserves um, a little bit of a discussion, a little bit of, of thought for, from us. But um, certainly on balance, yeah, the the earnings picture is kind of I think okay is the way that I would describe it. Okay, right. Well, um, it would be impossible then uh, to cover the Q4 earnings season without sort of some glancing reference to Meta, which of course caught my eye, caught everyone's eye. The share price sort of exploded upwards after sort of the release of earnings and a dividend announcement. But look, before we sort of talk about broader trends, I don't know how much, you know, you're a macro guy, aren't you, Ben? But obviously Meta and these magnificent seven companies, they're the, they're the dominant parts of the dominant market and are just so, seem to be sort of slow inf- so influential about sort of market trends. You know, how, mu- how much are you looking at these individual companies or what can you take away? What did you see in the sort of magnificent seven earnings backdrop? Mm. 
Yeah, look, as you say, Ben, I'm not a, uh, a stock analyst, but unfortunately, we have to think about these stocks um, really quite a lot at the moment because they are, have been the dominant driver of performance. I mean, last year, we know that the, the Nasdaq was up more than 50 percent and the S&P was only up a little more than, than 20 percent. So those big names do drive a lot of performance and your view on where earnings are going um, for those names. Um, obviously is going to be a driver of that performance. Certainly in 2023, the performance was great, but the earnings were, was very strong um, as well. There was a great dispersion there. So um, depending on your view of where earnings are going for these names, it really does influence how you are allocating your portfolio from a, a large cap, small cap perspective, or indeed a, a regional perspective as well. So we do need to think about these companies and the trends that are driving their, their earnings very closely. And obviously ask us, ourselves the question sort of has it gone too far is there going to be some kind of mean reversion that's definitely a very very hot debate that we're having in the team at the moment because it is massively important for portfolio allocation well what can you reveal about those debates uh, is it sort of uh, a fine line is there is it get quite heated um uh, or you know is there sort of well is it which way is it going yeah, look, it's, it's a fine line. I think um, there's a lot to say that the earnings of these companies will continue to perform very, very well. I think the other thing to think about is we still we do see that these companies are generating very um, stable earnings as well. They've got sort of decent recurring revenue streams, many of them, which means a lot of them do justify the higher multiples that they are they are trading on. I think the thing that we're thinking about now, though, is whether it is worth just lightening up a little bit on those names, um, or perhaps the better way of putting it is to start to say, well, let's. Um, allocate a little bit more um, down the cap spectrum, because if you look at the economic growth data um, that we've been seeing, and you mentioned it at the top of the call, typically when economic growth is improving and you've got an environment where actually rates are coming lower, both of those things do tend to go hand in hand with um, mid cap and smaller cap names outperforming their larger cap brethren. We know they tend to be a little bit more interest rate sensitive, for example. So um, we're definitely leaning to the side of um, reducing the uh, the weight in those larger um, cap names, absolutely not throwing them out of the, the portfolio completely. Um, I don't think you want to um, get out of large caps or the sort of growth the end of the spectrum completely. Um, but I think just taking advantage of perhaps a little bit more of a, a growth catch up from the, some of those um, smaller names um, starts to make some sense in um, in 2024. So that's the, the way that we're thinking about it looking, looking forward. Yeah, well, um, well, I don't know if this offers any comfort, Ben, but in the sort of models service that I work more closely with, uh, that is sort of a, a, a position that we're taking as well. You know, the balance of risks does, does suggest to us that some, you know, essentially some profits should be taken out of uh, the sort of US mm. exposure and, and deployed to elsewhere. I think UK equities look reasonable on, the, on that perspective as a, as a home for profits. And uh, I know that would probably chime with some of the things you've said in prior podcasts. But look, before we get, uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about asset allocation at other, uh, other, uh, other podcasts. Let's, let's turn back to earnings. You know, what can you tell us, what, what stood out for you in relation to the sort of sectors and, and countries um, mm. in, this, uh, in this earnings season? Uh, well, yes, yeah, so as I mentioned uh, briefly already, the, the US was certainly um, delivered better than expected um, earnings. Europe was the one that sort of lagged behind. Um, some of the surprises there were a lot more disappointing, um, both in absolute terms, but certainly compared to sort of historically what we would normally expect. But even in Europe, it wasn't sort of all, all doom and gloom and all bad. Some of the luxury goods names, I know, obviously, those luxury goods areas very close to, to your heart, um, Ben, um, they were performing. <laughs> 
Valentine's well Day. For, <laughs> on Valentine's Day, exactly. Um, perhaps that's where the earnings growth um, came from. Um, but uh, I'm like, <laughs> well, it, it, in some ways, actually, it is slightly unlikely because some of the num- the comments that I was seeing from some of those companies was pointing to the the better growth was coming through from China, uh, which again we know that China's been that sort of disappointing area over the course of the last year or so. But there are a couple of companies that I was looking at where they said actually the Chinese growth was the bit that sort of surprised to the upside, and and uh, and that was the the driving factor. Not to say that growth in in Europe or the US was, was weak far from it um so look the, the luxury goods areas again they delivered um, strong numbers um regionally as well um places like the uh, japan japan again we've talked about it on this podcast a number of times japanese earnings came in much better than um, than expected um giving me confidence to continue to run with um with that idea that that i like at the moment japanese equity um outperformance we are seeing the the results really being delivered um there um, well, then- energy you was going to say, oh, Frankie, you said it, energy. I mean, Ben, you have talked positively about the energy sector on uh, on this podcast for, for for a number of months, maybe longer. Mm. Um, and you know, I spotted that BP had some good uh, good results. I mean, was that was that indicative of like what happened across the energy sector? It was, yeah. I mean, again, the the earnings growth from that space was uh, certainly not been um, been great, and that's to be expected when the when the oil price comes lower. Um, but again, I think when you look at earnings, it's always it's not necessarily all about the did you grow or did you not grow. It's more about where those numbers came in relative to expectations. And on the energy sector, again, we saw positive surprises um, coming through in um, in that space. So yeah, look, the energy space was um, was definitely an area of, of positivity. Um, that I'm seeing on the uh, um, uh, on the sector um, side of things, even if the growth was uh, was a little bit uh, weaker. Similarly, so for actually something like industrials and uh, materials as well. Again, the actual earnings growth number a little bit weaker, but positive surprises coming through there. Um, and where there was perhaps less good numbers uh, compared to expectations uh, was in the utility space and in the real estate um, space um, as well. So some of those smaller um, smaller sectors there um, that we were that we were seeing. Okay. Um, now, I want to sort of close out on a question on sort of um, you know management gui- guidance. Any any interesting snippets from from management? But before sort of getting there, just you know on the back of our minds in recent podcasts and market anxieties are that uh, I guess essentially that growth's going sort of sufficiently well that perhaps we just won't get these interest rate cuts that uh, had been anticipated. That's like a growing risk. You know that's uh, that so that backdrop is like more financial uh, more finance uh, re- refinancing challenges for businesses that mm. lay ahead was there anything you sort of saw in the earnings season that would, would give you the frighteners that mm. companies might not be able to deal with a, with a higher for longer interest rate environment um actually no i think it's gone a little bit easier on that front but i, I would emphasize the little bit easier um so again i think there's a really great function on um on bloomberg for those of us that are lucky enough to to have access to that service where you can um, essentially do a document search of the transcripts from um, earning season for example and you can do this back through history um so you can look at what um, cfos and ceos are are talking about on those calls and you can do that in a quantitative way so it's no real surprise to see that in the last two or 18 months to two years or so more ceos and cfos are talking about interest rates on those earnings calls as you would um, was it would expect um as we look over the last sort of month and a half or so what we've seen is the number of company mentions of interest rates um both in the us and to a little bit less so 
in Europe um, has started to ease a touch on interest rates. So still very high relative to the sort of 2004 through to 2021 period um, and certainly in the post GFC period, um, but certainly off the highs that we would have seen last year. So that to me, it's early days, but it does suggest that perhaps there's just a little bit of an easing um, at the margin in the fears around uh, around interest rates um, and those refinancing uh, costs coming through. Um, so although, yes, we are sort of talking um, a less dovish um, central bank backdrop than perhaps we expected um, six weeks ago, we've suddenly seen uh, one or two hikes being taken out by the by the Fed this year. Um, it, there's still the general feeling is that, that the rate environment, the refinancing environment will be um, a little bit better than perhaps a lot of people um, feared. I think the other one just to highlight, which sort of dovetails nicely with it, is looking at uh, what companies are saying about hiring and laying off staff as well. Um, and again, what we're seeing there is fewer companies are talking about layoffs today than they were last quarter um, and and the previous quarter interestingly though slightly fewer are talking about hiring as well um, but um, generally speaking if you talk if you're talking less about um, laying off people if you're talking a little bit less about interest rates as well that suggests uh, perhaps a little bit more confidence um, among CFOs and, and CEOs at the moment okay well we've covered so much there Ben thanks for that I mean is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to sort of talk about in terms of like what what you what you took away from like management guidance or the numbers themselves um the final one that I'd point to again and it's thinking looking at these um, sort of document searches and looking at listening to what people are saying about earnings um, I think is interesting and the one that sort of caught my eye um, I'm not entirely sure what to make of it if I'm honest um, but that is how much companies are talking about the geopolitical backdrop um, at the moment. Obviously, again, we've talked on this podcast at length about how fraught and tense it is at the moment. But it's interesting that the number of mentions of geopolitics in company transcripts is actually a little bit lower than it was um, in the aftermath of when Russia invaded um, Ukraine. So um, it still is a hot topic, a far bigger topic than it has been, again, compared to really the last 20 years or so, um, but a little bit less so than perhaps it was in, um, in 2022 which I, I think is um, is interesting um, as, as well. But um, I suspect, to be honest with you, it's still something we're likely to be um, probably dedicating quite a bit of time to this podcast um, over the course of 2024. Okay, great stuff, Ben. Um, we'll call time there. You've done a very thorough job and uh, I hope our audience have uh, enjoyed that. Uh, indeed, perhaps it set them up for uh, for a wonderful, wonderfully romantic evening. And if that hasn't, uh, perhaps these disclaimers uh, might uh, do it instead. So before you go, I do want to remind you all that uh, the value of investments and any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of exchange rate fluctuations and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Uh, this podcast is intended for UK professional clients only and is not for consumer use. Uh, views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. Uh, this is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Uh, regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication issued by Investco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.